Blog Talk mm-hmm. Radio. Oh, I better get back to... This is all about all wine. about wine. The talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the around world. world. You no, know, we really have had some, some big people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Yeah. Here's Ron. Thank you. Hey. I'm excited. Have to keep moving to keep warm. We're having ourselves a cold spell here in Florida. And this was lasting a while. This is this has actually been around for a bit. And it's going to be around. They're saying what for another seven, eight days, I think. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not the reason. We, they need to get this warm here again because baseball mm-hmm. pitchers and catchers show up in like two weeks, I think. You know? I think so. Yeah, they, you know, and they don't like being out there in the cold weather, and so it's it's got to no. turn warm soon here. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, pitchers and catchers usually show up around the, right around Valentine's Day, so, you know. It, yeah. It uh, needs to warm up for for the boys of summer, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but it's, it's it's been chilly here. It wasn't too bad yesterday. I went out and played golf yesterday, and actually it was pretty nice until the sun started to set, actually until the sun went behind the clouds and wind picked up, and it, it got pretty chilly there, right, when we were finishing up the last couple of holes, but. Otherwise, it was a, a pleasant day out there. Then I work Saturday, and it's supposed to be really nice Saturday, so I'll be outside okay. doing that. Yeah, so uh, can't complain too much. It could be worse. We could be up getting high temperatures in the teens and the lows yeah. below freezing, so... Yeah, I was watching on the news. I think uh, did Las Vegas get snow? Uh, oh yeah, I saw did. a video. Yeah, I saw a video clip, and it's, they said this is you know just outside, uh, like facing west of uh, Allegiant Stadium, I think it's called. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought I thought I saw snow on the ground. I go, wait a minute, that's yeah for a desert. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> they they get snow in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I know they do because I've been there one winter when it was snowing and. Yeah, wow. they get they get some nasty weather through there too. They get snow and they also get some horrible winds blowing through there and some yeah. heavy rains that just come through and just dump like you know three hundred feet of rain and then floods everything and moves on. And, you know, well, it's just yeah, hmm. it's it really bad there. But uh, yeah, they do get snow there. Uh, hmm. Which you never think too much about Las Vegas being snowed in or so they don't get a lot, I don't think. I never, never heard of it. But you know, they do turn everything with a layer of white. So, okay. uh, oh, we we have our guest. I guess it's Denise in the background. Four one five. It should be that area code. So we have said it long enough. Let's get. Uh, uh, our guest tonight is Denise Thornberry. She is co-owner of a place called The Tasting House, a little small place. I'm not going to tell you about it because, hey, it's her place. I'll let her tell you about it. So let's bring her on the show. And Welcome to All About Wine, Denise. Glad you can join us. Thank you so much, Ron. I'm really excited to be here and talk to you about wine. 
Yeah, I'm glad you were able to to make it tonight. We've been having problems connecting here. Denise was going to be a guest on a couple of weeks ago, and something came up, and so we've we've bounced around and finally got her on. So that's that's good. I'm glad you're here. So, uh, I the tasting you want house. Want me to give I you an idea? Yeah, I'll tell you all about I, it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, tell um, us about it, and I want to I want to hear how you got to the point where you decided to do something like the tasting house too. So, whatever okay, you want to start with I first, can... the right, journey okay. or the tasting house. I'll start with a brief journey, and because that leads into how we got here, and um, you know, opening a restaurant when okay. you know I've never worked in a restaurant before or anything like that. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, well, I work in Northern California, so Tasting House is uh, in Northern California, Silicon Valley, in a great little town called Los Gatos, and um, I was working in technology industry, like many people here in Northern California, and uh, after the pandemic, or, you know, close to the end of the pandemic, um, I just decided to take, like, an early uh, retirement and really pursue my passion, which is wine. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And prior to uh, retiring and prior to the pandemic, um, my husband and I would travel for wine um, which and food. And uh-huh. we just started as people who enjoy food and wine, like like lots of other people in the world. Like my wife and, and I, when the, we travel, same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, of course, living in California, it's just fantastic because you're just a couple of hours away from really great AVAs. Um, so we live in Santa Cruz Mountains AVA. Mm-hmm. Um which we love and uh, we're big fans of Santa Cruz Mountains wine, but you know, it's quick trips to Paso Robles, uh, Napa Valley, Sonoma, um, Livermore. You know, all, get Livermore. That's right. Livermore, all, you know, all of these great places. And um, so we just started taking these weekend trips to these different um, AVAs and learning and we signed up uh, with David Delancey at San Francisco Wine School to take some courses. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we started taking courses at night, you know, night, going to night school after work. And the more classes we took, the more we learned that we really had to take a lot more classes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, more, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. You don't know. Exactly. It, yeah, so so we so we did that and we started traveling um outside of the US uh to learn more of course to France. So, you know, that's our you know, like lots of other people, um we love going to France and have been to a lot of the major um wine regions there and then Italy and um and when at the same time while we were traveling, we were continuing our education at San Francisco Wine School. And one of the courses we took uh, was pairing food and wine. Mm-hmm. And we really enjoyed that course. And we bought books on the best food and wine pairings. And we, we read every page and we highlighted the recommendations and we started eating the, our food every single meal, pairing it with wine. And uh-huh. we realized that it, when we paired the right wine with the right food, it made the wine better and it made the food better. And then yes. it made our entire experience better. And we were like, this is so amazing. So for Christmas, we bought people, like friends, food and wine pairing book. And then we sent them the food. Like we sent <laughs> packages of like barbecue ribs with, with Zinfandel and the book. And we marked the page, right? And just like classic pairings like that, goat cheese and Sancerre. Like we were Christmas gifting food and wine pairing. And Indeed. Can I get on your to... Christmas list? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, we just started living food and wine pairing. And then, of course, going to amazing restaurants. Again, very lucky to be in California where we have great restaurants and every single time doing the chef 
food and wine pairing, and it was amazing. It was also really expensive um, uh-huh. and took <laughs> yeah. a lot of time. And so we thought, so our idea is how do we kind of bring food and wine pairing to regular people that, you know, might be challenged to spend, you know, $400 a a dinner or $500 a dinner per person for food and wine pairing at a great restaurant. And we realized that you know, you can do fried chicken and champagne and it doesn't, it's not $400 or you can do Zinfandel and barbecue ribs or, you know, uh, this kind of thing. And it could be $50 or it could be $75. And and it could be amazing. And so that's our idea. Um, So it's our concept of just, um, we select our wine first. So we pick great wines that we love from all over the world. We do tend to lean French and California, but, you know, of course we have incredible Riesling because that's such a great food pairing wine, um, you know, on the list. And uh, we have 65 wines by the glass right now. And we also do wine by the half glass. So all of them are available by the glass and half glass so that, People can try. So if you want a salad or, you know, some small plate to start with, you can have a half a glass of wine with a small plate and then move to a different, completely different dish and a completely different wine for your entree or your next dish, however you want to eat, but you don't have to be committed to a full bottle of wine or a full glass of wine. So you can leave here tasting four different amazing wines all by the half glass with three or four different dishes and have a great, it's sort of like make your own, you know, chef's pairing dinner. That sounds great. What, uh, okay. So, so you've got the restaurant you're going, how did you find the building? Why did you choose Los Gatos? Why did you, you know, who's your chef? Well, how did you get all this together? <laughs> I'll tell you. So, um, well, first I should probably mention this one other thing. Um, last May, so it hasn't even quite been a year yet, we used uh, the space next door to us and opened a champagne bar. Um, oh. Because we, we were, so my, my husband and I were not excited about champagne. We used to say to people, oh, we like it, but we don't love it. And when we oh, went to no. France visiting, I know, well, we were wrong. Um, <laughs> we, we didn't prioritize champagne. We kind of went to every other region and then said, finally, we're like, I guess we have to go to champagne. Oh, my goodness. It was the best. So yes. we, we learned incredible stuff about the history of the region, you know, obviously the different soils, you know, the areas, all the different styles of champagne and so we opened a champagne bar. Right now we have um, 80 uh, different bottles of champagne, and 80? we're running a wow. 80. We have a flight of all-female winemakers from Champagne right now. We're doing a flight of five female winemakers, most of them organic, biodynamic. And wow. our number one selling champagne is a Brut Nature. Hmm. Yes. That's we do a lot of half bottles, which is fantastic, too, because I tell all these people, just have the half bottle together that's a glass each and then move on to your wine at dinner, right? So yes. um, yeah. it's incredible. So we do that. So um, to go back to your question, um, we live nearby here in Silicon Valley, and unfortunately the space became available during the pandemic because, as you know, many restaurants just didn't make it. Yeah, um, sad to say. So, yes, it is really sad to say. And we knew the restaurateurs who were here previously in the space where we're located. We liked them very much. Um, we ate here. Um, but uh, they had two restaurants in the area, and they couldn't keep both going. Mm. So um, we, so it's a great opportunity for us. Um, it's a, You know, we're in a great little town. So, um, you know, kind of everything was – the, the bones were here, 
And so we spent about eight months remodeling. Um, we've uh, got kind of this bistro look, um, little, we lean again, a little French. And, um, and then we started um, talking about our, you know, what we're trying to accomplish here. And so many people who are into wine got excited. And so where this industry typically has a hard time acquiring talent, we have 10 sommeliers on our staff. Wow. Um, because, yeah, because they, we have people who want to work here who love wine um, and um, who want to be in an environment that, you know, everyone's kind of involved in the wine program and we taste together and, um, you know, it's kind of just a fun place to be. Um, so, and our chef um, is uh, from New York originally, and then during the pandemic, he moved to Florida because um, he could work in Florida. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and so we moved him here to California. He was um, at uh, Knife and Spoon in Florida and helped them uh, attain a Michelin star. Uh, as wow. he was the sous chef. So we brought mm. him on board. He has a wine, uh, a lot of wine knowledge. Our sous chef is also a sommelier, which helps a lot on our yeah. culinary team. And so, but we have, I mean, we have a group of young, passionate people who love food and wine and really want to share it with other people. That's, that's what we do. Fantastic. Uh, a comment first and more questions champagne you might if you became a champagne fan or sparkling wine you might check out english sparkling wine they are really really coming up strong on their sparkling wine it's uh the the market is it's uh it's amazing how good if you can find any english champagne um by all means yeah so Yes. Well, thank you for that. Do you have a favorite? We do have one. We have one. Um, no, do you? Yeah. And I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna remember the name here in just a minute. But uh, do you happen to have a favorite? No, no, not not particularly. I, I'm just I'm a sparkling wine, champagne, you know, prosecco, whatever you want to refer to it as. But I'm, I I like the sparkling wines, and it's one of the things I always talk about on the show here. I, I'm tell people you know it's not just for special occasions it's for just any time you can really find a great pairing of champagnes or sparkling wines and food so you dig it out and use it all the time but no i don't have any particular one that jumps out at me right now i've i've tried quite a few different ones that i've always found very interesting and very good but uh, as far as one goes um, no. All right. Well, I um, we we got into it only because there was a sixty minutes about it. I don't know if you saw the sixty minutes about it. No, um, but I there was a, I Yeah, th- there was a sixty minutes about um, the rise of sparkling uh, wine coming out of of England specifically, oh. and oh. mostly due to climate change. Yeah, yeah, and that's really one of the main reasons why they're picking up so well because it's become just the perfect climate for them. Yeah, for the and, yeah. yeah, and we saw on the show that uh, some of the French houses are buying land, um, yes. and buying this land, uh, so that they could make make continue to make champagne. So that's going to be fun. I wonder what they'll put on the bottle eventually. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's, it's not from France, so it can't be champagne. So I don't know, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's well, is well, that is an interesting dilemma, yeah, that they have there. So, so okay, I just I, you mentioned champagne that you're really into it, and it's something that I'm always telling people to try the different ones, not. You know everything, Clement, uh, champagnes and proseccos, and it, you know just from everywhere. You know, check it out and do all of them. Um, so back to the bistro. How many employees do you have? Uh, we have about forty. 
employees. Forty. Wow. Yes. Yes, we have so, uh, forty. Yeah. How many tables do you have? Oh my gosh, I should probably know that. Um, I'm just going to go by table number right now. Uh, fifty-one. Well, actually, wow, we have we, we have less than fifty-one actually because I just counted the bar seats. So we have about thirty-five tables. That's still quite a bit. I expected something. I don't know why, but you know, you think bistro, you think something smaller, and I was I was yeah. thinking well, something smaller. Of, yeah, most of our tables are two seaters. You know, there's there's those little round bistro tables, so it's right. not okay. too big. Yeah, I was uh, just for some reason I was expecting something, you know, maybe 10, 15 tables and just a little small intimate place. And but now you're actually uh, a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but, um, but we do have a baby grand piano that takes up, oh, and we have live we have live jazz every day. Oh wow! I looked up your uh, your menu uh, and your. Uh, website for the restaurant and by the way if i may mm-hmm. say you need to get the old let's see where am i i'm on it now let me go back and find that particular one extraordinary wine flight experiences you got two of them from last year that are still up there and yeah we're, i was we're reading through it and getting all excited <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was getting all excited, and I go, "Wait a minute, this is already passed." You know, so, so uh, yeah, you need to. Yeah, we do most of those big sort of fancy things in the fall. You know, it's oh. harder to do it in January, February. We had this dry January thing happening, and mm. um, <laughs> you yeah. Know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I never, you know, you just now said that, and the reason I chuckled so much is because. I, I never thought how that might affect restaurants and wine tastings everywhere and and your wine bars and stuff, mm-hmm. but I suppose it would have some effect on it. So, yeah, you know, that, that, that's, you know, that's odd. That, dry January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I noticed, too, that you have, Shipping and delivery, is this just for the bottles, or are you taking your Christmas gift idea and moving it into the restaurant? We have some Christmas gift idea moved to the restaurant. Uh, we have some categories that we do well with. So we have cheese. Um, so we, we have uh, refrigerators or specifically designed for cheese. And so we usually have about 30 different cheese wow. in, uh, in the stock. And we, we negotiate with the dairy farmers and with the distributors to bring in cheeses from all over the world. Uh, we work hard not to have cheese that's, you know, that's commonly available. Um, and for some of the small farmers, um, you know, they just don't have – enough quantity to uh, supply a Whole Foods or a large uh, supermarket chain. So their Mm. business is primarily, you know, small kind of shops. So uh, we do do a a good business with cheese, um, also caviar to go, and Mm. also accessories that support cheese and caviar. So um, we do really well with uh, caviar servers. Oh really? Kind of oh. the gift, the gift to give to people who have everything. Um, most likely they don't have a caviar server. Very and true. And so we do well with the caviar servers, and we also sell these amazing uh, cheese keepers. Uh, a young woman out of uh, the New York area started a company, and um, she makes. Uh, boxes out of like birch wood that are specifically made to store cheese and oh. in different sizes and they um she has a, a method uh to manage the humidity and so we have the cheese keepers here as well. Um so we do very well with cheese and cheese I guess um 
accessories maybe, and then caviar, mm-hmm. caviar accessories, you know, those kinds of things. So, because uh, we have people here who, you know, really love the wine and the food and, you know, they were always asking, oh, where can I get this caviar server that you're serving us in? And I'm like, well, now we have it. You can get it here. <laughs> so, very, well, and- you know, very easy to do. Just to mention to anyone out there listening, cheeses don't have to be refrigerated. There's a lot of them that you don't throw in the refrigerator. You have your humidity-controlled little boxes that are kept at different temperatures and stuff like that. So uh, whenever somebody says, we we have these boxes, and I, I can just see people gasping and going, but it doesn't need to be cold. No, it doesn't. So... Just to clarify yes, that. It doesn't. And, yes, and sometimes we serve right out of the box because oh. most cheeses need to be just a little bit cooler than room temperature. And she's made these beautiful boxes that were, um, you know, that we just serve right out of, which is kind of nice, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's it's fun. It's certainly a passion project. You know, it's not uh, – it's not a uh, get rich quick kind of plan <laughs> at all. <laughs> None of it. None of it is. Um, you're, uh, let's see, I just pulled up your map here. I, I lived in Concord uh, over the hill there for a number of, I say over the hill, over Berkeley Hill, for a number of years. And so I'm quite familiar with the whole Bay Area there. And I was just mm-hmm. pulled up the map to see where you were here and oh okay you're you're right off the the interchange there yeah yeah so we're we're in a great location i think because we're we are silicon valley you know many of the tech companies are within 10 miles of us but also we're very close to santa cruz which is fun and great um Mm -hmm. so it's you know, just like uh, maybe 18 miles over the hill, you know, over the Santa Cruz Mountains, actually. Um, yeah. Over to Santa Cruz. <laughs> That's what I just said, over the hill to Concord. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Are you still in California? Uh, no, no, I'm I'm in Florida now. I, I lived in California for like eight years, many years ago. It's it's been It's been forever since I've lived there, but... I still remember the whole area and all that. Um, so uh, for anyone out there who's curious where uh, Los Gatos is, it's south and west of San Jose. Uh, and uh, very easy to get to. Just, you know, uh, Highway 1 takes you out of San Francisco south, and uh, you can uh, uh, see what... I'm trying to think, what is this street that's running next to you here? What is this interstate? Uh, uh, highway you... 9, maybe, or nine. Highway 17? Oh, okay, highway okay. 9, yeah. 9, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, really, really simple to get to for anyone who's, who's curious about that. Um, the uh, wines, your wine list. Uh, do you get the wines in? You and your husband get the wines in? Do you have it distributed to you? Uh, what is your uh, what is your process of getting all these different wines in and replenishing them when you get low? Or do you get new ones in? Do you always have a bunch of questions here, so you can answer them in any order you want. Do you run out of a wine and get that one in again, or do you run out of a wine and say, oh, sorry, we're out of it. We are now featuring these. And when they come in, who who brings them in? And if you sell, say, a, a glass of a certain wine, what methods are you using to preserve that until – Again, and I know there's lots of different methods out there to do it, but I'm just I'm curious of what you're doing and all that. So there, a whole bunch of questions for you. Okay, all right, yes, a lot of questions, and the answer is kind of all of the above. So uh, <laughs> on the first question um, regarding you know, procuring the wine, we we do it every which way. So uh, when we when we travel. 
and we taste and find wines that we think would work well um, with with the food, with the chef, and what we're uh, trying to accomplish at the tasting house. We procure the wines um, from, directly from um, winemakers uh, and in wineries, you know, all over. Um, sometimes uh, we buy them from distributors. I would say 80% of the time um, we're buying wine from distributors. And another probably 15% of the time we're buying wine from collectors. So, um, and there's a couple of different reasons. When you start a business, so we've only been open two years, and it's really, really challenging to have wines on your um, menu to offer your guests that have age. Um, because most of the wineries and most of the distributors are selling the last vintage available. Um, mm. And they typically, at least the distributors, they don't sit on the inventory to age it. Um, right. because, you know, that's just like sitting on money. So um, I've been working with collectors um, over the past two years to build a library of wines and to build um, you know, wines that have age and mm. that's, that is, that's expensive. Right. Yes. Um, and what's very challenging here in, in this area, which is, a, it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing is people come in and they buy your library wines. Um, so if we have, you know, a, a 2009 Bordeaux, we might only have it for six weeks because it sells. Um, mm. Okay. And, yeah, so so we do really really well with the library wines. Um, so kind of the more we sell, of course, the more we get to buy. But it's always a challenge to procure them. But luckily, there's a lot of not a lot, but there are a handful of people out there who um, who are good at selling um, library wines, and they can certify that they have been handled properly, that they've been temperature controlled you know, that the labels are in good shape, that they are authentic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. all of the things that, that you need to pay attention to. And then, you know, the strong collectors or the reputable collectors, you know, um, are the ones you buy from because you can believe in the integrity of what they're selling. So right. um, that's fun. That's also we don't get to taste those wines because <laughs> you're not going to open it <laughs> to taste it. Mm-hmm, right. Right? So you're kind of like, oh, my goodness. Right. Like we're just going to roll with it. Um, And so but it's fun. Right. It's always fun to find something rare or interesting that, you know, we have our case here of library wines that's temperature controlled and daily people go up and take a photo of it, Um, you know, (laughs) and take photos of the label. So we love it because we those are people. Those are our people. Right. They're really passionate about it. And then um, for wines that we have on the buy the glass list, um, most of our wines um, that are under $20 by the glass, we don't Coravan. We just open the bottle and uh, we, we're busy enough that the, the inventory sells um, oh, and okay. the wine goes, you know, sells. Um, the over twenty twenty five dollars we Coravan we Coravan the wine okay um, yeah and we and also champagne uh, we have the new Coravan for champagne oh, and really? we're yeah. using that for champagne yeah and some of the champagne stoppers are super um, we yeah. can sometimes get a full day and a half to two days with those really really good champagne stoppers um, so but other than that we we blind taste. So it's probably the most fun we have here at Tasting House other than sharing things with our guests is when the team gets together and we say, all right, guys, we really need, you know, a really good Rhone lineup going into fall and we'll blind taste on Rhones at different kind of price points and then select. And everybody votes and it's secret and you have to put your number one through five and then we, we reveal, we have those like, uh, you know, those black cloths that go over the wine <laughs> bottles. Yeah. And, 
we we re- we reveal and everyone is like, oh my gosh, I had that number three, you know, and <laughs> and we talk it over and we say, okay, we're gonna put this on the buy the glass list. It's it's really great because first it's so much fun. Secondly, it's a way to learn. I mean, we all learn like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is like this wine is from the town next door. And, you know, it's a $10, it's different, same vintage, and it's completely different, right? And so it's really cool uh, to learn. And so we do that um, monthly with the whole team. Oh, really? And then oh, that, wow. Yeah, that helps us select our wine list. Um, we don't always have to replace wines, but if we, like right now, we're working on Napa Cabernet. Um, and so we're going to have our Napa Cab tasting in the next couple of weeks blind and then we'll select our our napa cabs um for the oh, next wow. three months oh yeah so, it's well, fun well you you say three months it uh you change every three months you go through different cycles like that we do unless we have you know a, a real winner that we just can't afford mm. to live without so, but um, we've only had that a couple of times. Like right now, um, we're serving a 2016 um, Bordeaux blend uh, from uh, Josephine de Boyd, uh, Chateau de Boyd. Uh, it's called Josephine. And we had the 15. We had the 2015, and we we loved it. And, of course, it was sold out. And so we were like, oh, my gosh. So we tasted the 16. We all like the 15 better, but we still thought um, the 16 was good enough by the glass. I think we have it on for like $34 a glass, um, so 17 for the half glass, something like that. And it's um, it's Margot. Um, it's a 60% cab, um, so it's cab-led, of course, you know, um, and it's a favorite, and it's a crowd favorite. So for I don't know, eight months of last year, it was our number one selling wine by the glass, wow. a Bordeaux blend in California, right? Can you, I mean, wow. in, in units, not even in, you know, revenue, in, in actual units sold. That is amazing. Wow. It's super uh, fun. It's really uh, yeah. fun. Yeah. It sounds like, you say people, you're selling bottles of wine. You you Are you classified as a package store or... Yes, yes, we have a are. license for both. Yeah, we have uh, oh, both okay. licenses for on-premise and uh, retail. Okay, okay, very good. Um, the menu of food now, we've talked about the wine, the menu of the food. Is that, uh, again, vote by committee menu, or does the chef say, I'm not going to make that, this is my meal? And And how does that work? So, Ron, do you know a lot of chefs? <laughs> I, I've, I've had my share I've met over the years, and that's why I said, I'm not going to make that this is my meal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, there's no voting. No voting. There's no, yeah. There's no, yeah. Um, but, but he's fantastic, and we love, he's super talented. And he's really young. Our chef with, you know, the Michelin accolades is uh, only 29 years old. Wow. So, yeah, he's really passionate, has a lot of energy, wants to try everything. So um, really, really great. Um, I, and, you know, if you get out to Northern California, he does an uni risotto that he does. And I'm not, I have nothing to do with, I don't know anything about food except how to eat it. Um, <laughs> but he does this uh, uni risotto and somehow he incorporates popcorn into the risotto and some uh, popcorn and some bread and then it's paired with a champagne like a you know kind of a very like yeasty like champagne and it's just like so perfect because it's the like like together right it's not the contrasting pairing it's super fun and uh yeah and we love it so you know that's that's a really really good um pairing and then um he does a short rib with a hoisin barbecue sauce and then we have that with a Zinfandel, and that's just phenomenal. Um, and, yeah, and he's doing a trout with, um, like, a grilled trout with a little bit of raw peanut sauce, and we're doing that right now with a Chardonnay. So we had it with a Paul Hobbs Chardonnay, and we sold out a Paul Hobbs Chard, and so we just moved to a local, a Birikino 
Chardonnay, Old Vine Chardonnay. So we're excited oh, there you about go. that. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's always good. Oh wow, well, so you leave him full reign on what he wants to do. Uh, yes. Will he come to you and say, "I'm I'm going to make a uh, a roast that is going to be spicy and all that"? Find a wine that goes with it, or does he say, "I'm going to make a roast"? Should we uh, we like to do this with it? I mean, what? How does the process of that work? So we start with the by the glass wine list, and we say we you know we have sixty plus sixty five plus wines by the glass because the list grows; it doesn't shrink, of course. So mm-hmm. we say here's the list, and you know, these are things that we need to pair with it. You know, we'd like you to prepare food. Um, or dishes that pair with with these wines. Because it's such an extensive list, it's not really challenging. Funny enough, on the spicy, we do lean a little spicy sometimes, and it seems that the answer is always a Riesling. And every time (laughs) we sit down, (laughs) well, this is going to go with a Riesling. (laughs) Or sometimes a Gewürztraminer will work, too. Yes. Yes, exactly. We have a Gewurz on the on the list right now. I'm pretty sure. So, but um, and a, and of course a, a reasoning. But that it it kind of goes back and forth. He'll say, "Oh, I really want to do this." We'll say, "Well, what kind of wine is that going to go with?" Or we say, "Okay, these are the wines." Or we'll get something in new that we're really excited about. And he's mm. part of the wine tasting team. He has to be. And um, we'll be excited about something, and then he'll say, all right, I'm going to make this dish to go with it. Like we had, and it's not on the menu right now, which is something that he's working on putting it back on. I really want it. He did this incredible thing where he he took um, a Chateauneuf de Pop um, that was made, uh, one of the Chateauneuf that used like a lot of the grapes. I think, I think that region allows something like 13 or 14 grape varietals, I think. And he, he used, um, he made a sauce using, um, the flavors that are in, that are typically in a Chateauneuf de Pop, um, you know, like the, you know, and, uh, over a duck. And it was it's amazing, oh. and it was the perfect pairing. And so it's not on the menu right now, but it's coming back. Um, but that's just that was just like a marriage. That was like we're loving this Chateau Neuf de Pop that we have in. We need to have you know a dish that pairs with it. And he made this amazing dish. And um, he's just not happy with the duck he's getting right now, and he he wants to perfect it, and he's going to bring it back. Ah. Oh. <laughs> well, that's great that you have someone who is able to do that and and embrace the challenges and come up with great results. That's mm-hmm. fantastic on here. I'm looking at some of your your uh, pictures on here. It really is a nice place, quite large, and you've got a uh, quite a, a wall of wine sitting back there in the back. I was. Uh, I yeah, what, we what do. Take of it. Yeah, but uh, quite quite fascinating. Um, Mike, do you have any questions or comments? I do not, I do not at this time. But uh, you know, we're watching the social media as well. See if there's anything uh, coming up on that. But I I do not have any uh, questions at this time. So thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. Just enjoying listening, taking notes. <laughs> like you always do. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you a, a California native, or you come from somewhere else? No, I'm from Florida. I, are you really? I, <laughs> yes. It's so funny when you said you're in Florida. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's where I grew up. What part of Florida? South Florida. South Florida. Okay. South east or southwest? Southeast, Southeast Florida. Oh, Miami where, area. Where are you? Yeah. Oh, uh, north of Tampa. Okay, that's nice. I have family there. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, it's, you know, Newport Ritchie actually is a town, you know, and, but, uh, yeah, north of Tampa. Uh, completely, it's just like, like California. You have North California and Southern California is like two different states. 
And the same thing with Florida here. You've got the east, uh, the east coast, uh, Miami, and all that. And then you've got the west coast here, and it's almost like two different states there. So it's uh, uh, different thoughts and different mindsets and everything for for both Northern California and Northern Florida. So. Um, yes, absolutely. I agree with you on that. Are there any places in that that Tampa West Coast area that um, that has a that have a great wine list or? Any, oh, Burns um, Burns Steakhouse. Burns, Burns yeah. Steakhouse. Well, they is, have. Yeah. Is always listed uh, as one of the top in the country year after year after year from just about every list. Wine Spectator and Wine Enthusiast and all the others that make out lists. Burn Steakhouse is, is always on the list. And it's always fascinating to go to Burns because they have a great menu, but then after you have the menu, it's you can always do a tour of the uh, cellar. They take you down there and take you to the cellar and point out the different wines and all that. And then they have another building if you get to know the people or if you're you know, like I, uh, I've had an opportunity to visit another building that they keep a lot more of the wines in, which is normally not open, and that is really fascinating too because it's uh, wines that they they go over and buy directly from the wineries around the world and have them shipped directly to them, so they're not going through a middleman. They're not worried about how they're being treated and all that. They talk to the wineries and say, okay, we want, you know, four cases of this and it's shipped directly to them, which is, is sort of cool. But Burns, uh, is, uh, they have a uh, separate uh, dessert area uh, room that you go to uh, an area in the restaurant. So you have your meal and then Afterwards, you do the tour, and then you go into a separate dessert area, which is all very uh, enjoyable, fanfare and all that stuff. And people just eat up on that, you know, <laughs> figuratively and literally. That's a good uh, idea. I, I, that's a really good idea. So they, I guess they get the table, you know, so they have people waiting. They turn the table. Exactly. And they move people to another place for dessert. That's a that's a really good idea. Yeah. I have not heard of that. Yeah, they uh, it's uh, a little bit more imp, uh, intimate in the dessert area. They've got it closed off. Uh, they got booths, but uh, not just booths, but they've got uh, walls behind the booths separating the booths. So it's you know you can. You can spend a little bit more time on your dessert if you want and all that because only about half the people have dessert. I mean, you know, you know uh, mm, how that yeah. works. And uh, so it's a little bit more intimate, but it's very good. And you, Then you get yourself a, a nice uh, double-layer cheesecake and get uh, a Tocqueron Baranol Slesa with it or an ice wine, and it's just it's a great way to finish up your whole meal. So, uh mm. I'm glad I asked. That's great. That's good to know. Yeah, it's uh, if you have the room, it's it's it would be a nice way to move people into uh, another area and open up tables. Yeah, that's yeah, really what they do. Because they get busy. Yeah. So. Hi, uh, Ron. I'm getting ready for service over here. We open in 12 minutes. I was just going to say I was going to let you go because it should be pretty close to time to get get you going back to work here. So uh, uh, I I really do appreciate you taking the time tonight, Denise, with us and uh, uh, talking and telling us all about that. Before you go, give us all the contact information and Facebook and emails and everything so as people are traveling around the country and if they are out there and northern california they can check you out so give us all that okay i will thanks so we're very simply we're the tasting house and so our website is tastinghouse.com and we're on instagram at tasting.house and we're on facebook at tasting house also so it's pretty easy it's just Tasting House. 
And uh, like you said, uh, if you go to our website, it can direct you to all of our social media, reservations, wine shop, you know, menu, all those kinds of things are available um, directly on the website. Do you recommend reservations at any day of the week? Yes, Friday and Saturday we get very, very busy. And so uh, I would say Friday and Saturday reservations are required. Uh, During the week I would recommend them, Um, but uh, we're we're very busy on the weekend. Okay, very good. Well, I'll let you get yourself ready to start meeting the maddening crowds coming in. And, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us tonight. Very interesting. And uh, next time I'm out, out in California, I will definitely be making a trip down to Los Gatos and checking out the tasting house. Oh, my goodness. Oh my we would love to welcome you, and we'd love to have champagne with you and, yeah. and wine and everything else. Oh, well, I look sounds... forward to meeting you, Ron. It's going to have to be a faster trip than I was planning on with all that invitation. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much. Uh, Take care. Uh, be safe. All right. Good to you too now. Bye. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All right. All right. Over there. Yeah. Oh. I was looking at the pictures of that place. That's much bigger than I really expected. I, I just, I, I don't know why, but Bistro, I always picture the little small bistros and i don't picture bistros as big uh yeah you know i mean this maybe i'm wrong in assuming that bistros are small but i've always pictured them as being small when uh, you know i was looking at a picture of that thing and that is really quite large i mean 35 40 tables and you know a big bar and stuff like that so and it's really quite a bit there so and they've been open for a couple years she said already so or three years, and so they're, let's give them the best of luck and, and hope they continue to to thrive. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Very interesting. Um, I've got about eight minutes. I'm going to talk about something here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before we go, I found an article that I thought was – Really quite interesting. Let me find it here. I'm looking through my... I've got so many open... Oh, there it is. I've got so many open tabs that I do. The Southern Glacier. I've mentioned them before. Southern Glacier is a distribution company. They are the biggest distributors of alcohol, beer, and spirits, uh, or wine, beer, and spirits in the country. They have offices everywhere. They're originally from southern Florida, down in Miami area, but they have offices everywhere. San Francisco, they have a big office. Well, this article I found is on the San Francisco Chronicle, and the headline says, uh, this company controls much of the alcohol industry. Can a lawsuit and a feds break its grip? And this was interesting because it is being sued. Uh, Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits is is enormous. Get an idea of how big it is. The 10th largest privately owned company in the United States. Wow. So that just gives you an idea of how big it is. A distributor basically is the middleman. And it's not just in, in wine. You hear me talk about it in wine all the time. It's not just in wine. It's also in beer and whiskeys and stuff. And Southern Glaciers are the only distributors of Grey Goose and Smirnoff and Bacardi and Jameson and Patron and Josh Sellers and uh, Naomi. And, you know, I can go on and on. They have pretty big wrap up on everything and they're nationwide they are enormous but they are being sued now let me read you this paragraph here instead of trying to transpose this sum it up 
Critics of the Southern Glaciers have long argued that it's too large and powerful for the good of the industry. But now the company is facing a level of heat that appears unprecedented. The Biden administration has raised concerns about its dominance in the market. The Federal Trade Commission has said it's investigating the company for possible violations of a federal law. The Internal Revenue Service and the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau descended on one of the company's Bay Area offices in what they describe as official activity. So they are also involved in an antitrust lawsuit along with the feds, if you will, getting involved with them. And this antitrust lawsuit is saying that they are well, actually the bullying of their competition. Uh, the uh, co-founder and CEO of Pravi, which is uh, a, a, a wine company, uh, Pravi is brought, has brought the lawsuit against them. And uh, Southern Glaciers did not respond uh, to any com uh, to any questions about this, so there's no comments from them. But Pravi is an online platform connecting alcohol suppliers, distributors, and retailers. Okay, now I've mentioned before this country, you cannot be a supplier and a distributor and a retailer. You have to be a supplier and distributor or a distributor and a retailer or a supplier and a retailer, but you can't hold all three licenses. Pravi is able to, since they are not really selling, they are able to be a middleman to provide these services to alcohol suppliers and distributors and retailers getting connected. But between, and they've been, uh, ordering from different distributors, including Southern Glacier and well, National Republic National is another one, another second biggest one in the country. So probably has been ordering from them. But between 2016 and 2021, Southern Glaciers has fulfilled more than 120,000 orders through Pravi worth about $200 million. But Pravi alleges in the lawsuit that Southern Glaciers and its uh, competitor, Republic National Distributing, which is the closest, began to boycott Pravi. And they created an online marketplace similar to Pravi's one that forced the customers to use those proprietary platforms instead of using Pravi. So they pretty much knocked Pravi out, which, I, I mean, could destroy Pravi. They even blocked the emails from Pravi to these different stores and places uh, that uh, they were. And, uh, you know, I don't like Southern Glacier. I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I've personally dealt with them. I have known big wigs in the company down in Miami. I've had a chance to meet them and shake hands with them. And they're nice people, but I just don't like the way they do business. They just, they're bullies. They really are, you know, the big boy on the block and they think they want. And I don't like Southern Glacier. And, you know, in Republic National Distributing, I've never really dealt with them, but I can't help but picture them being the same as Southern Glaciers. Um, but they pretty much blocked Provi or Provi, maybe Provi, may pronounce Provi, uh, out of doing business. So, uh, and the thing is, Southern Glacier and National, or Republic National, uh, actually it used to be National Distributing and, and Republic Distributing, and I think they have, National I think bought out Republic or Republic bought out National. I'm not sure they were two different ones years ago, and I think they're joined together now. But all of them carry the major brands. What Southern doesn't carry, then Republic National does, and that pretty much covers the entire market. 
So when they both start you from doing your job, then it leaves you nothing. Obviously, both Southern Glaciers and Republic National have denied all the allegations, and they said that it's a dumb motion and, or a dumb lawsuit, and they filed a motion to dismiss it. And so it's expected to be ruled on sometime this month. And it's being ruled on by U.S. District Court in northern, the Northern District of Illinois, Eastern Division. That's where the uh, thing is going going down there where it's being processed but the you know i mean i southern glacier is not really worried they've been through lawsuits before they they had a pay to play scheme going in pennsylvania where you had to pay to get your your spirits they ended up paying a five million dollar fine on that um they also process fake orders uh, in order to drive up sales numbers. That was dismissed, although I'm sure they did it. And they've also charged customers higher late payment fees than was legal, which they ended up paying $5.5 million settlement for that. So they are not squeaky clean. I, 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 I know that. So uh, this lawsuit, though, uh, by lawyers who are not involved in the case say that it is very well written and well funded because probably our Provis has some very good lawyers and they know what they're doing. And so this should be uh, one that would not be dismissed and will continue going on and uh, they'll see what happens. It says, uh, last year they opened up an investigation into Southern Glaciers for violating the Robinson-Patman Act, which prohibits discriminatory pricing, uh, which basically states, uh, it's a 1936 law, basically states you cannot give a deal to one liquor store and not give it to another. If you're a distributor, you have to treat everyone equal. And, you know, Southern Glaciers treats them equal, but it treats them all like caca. You know, I mean, they really do small chains and stuff like that. Uh, it's horrible. Uh, and, you know, they, they work well with bigger companies. Total Wines has uh, been part of their their favorites for a long time, and now they're under investigation also, uh, being sued by the commission, uh, regulatory commission for... Uh, or the Federal Trade Commission for basically the same stuff uh, for records and stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. The investigation is uh, uh, really the president's uh, look to increase competition in various industries. He's been doing this off and on since he's been in office. And in 2021, he issued an executive order on competitiveness. And it may just affect Southern Glacier and National Republic or Republic National and all these. It uh, might make them break up. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting thing here. It's about time Southern Glaciers really faces more than just $5 million fines. And, you know, that's a drop in the bucket to them. It really is. They're, they're not. You know, uh, five million here. Let me see if I've got it in my wallet. I mean, that's just about the way way these executives are. When I met the the bigwigs of Southern Glacier, uh, it was like they were nice guys. They they you know good old boys, and they were nice guys. But uh, you can tell that nothing bothered them. Uh, <laughs> just just the demeanor. So, uh, but. Uh, it's an ongoing story here, but I wanted to share that with you because Southern Glaciers is one of the culprits of the uh, continuing three-tier system that I am not a, a big fan of. So there you yeah. go. I want, I want to tell you all about that because that just came out uh, a couple of days ago. Let's see what wow. is today. 
Today's Thursday. Yeah, that came out Monday. I read that. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. What's going on? Yes. Uh, yes, we will. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, next week, I don't know if we have a guest or not. Is um, February the 8th, I think? 8th? Yeah, I February don't think 8th. so, but I don't know. I mean, I've still got emails out and people are... Yeah. I'm corresponding to a couple of them, and they're trying to, you know, it's it's just like Denise I, we had on tonight. She was scheduled for a couple of weeks ago, and then she canceled. Yeah. She was going to be on previous to that. We couldn't find a good date, and then, you know, and this is the way it is whenever I'm trying to book people. It's, right. you know, oh, this is good. Okay, I got you penciled in, and I always say penciled in because I don't want to put it in ink. Because <laughs> I may have to erase it, and so yeah. Well, it's good. So. She got on and a good show, and uh, yeah. By now, uh, her, her, the place has been open for about five minutes. So uh, and they probably uh, have all the seats full, and people are ordering food. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we will uh, return next Thursday on uh, February the 8th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio and other places um, wherever you see the sign. <laughs> it's, that's right. Wherever the sign is. That's wherever where the sign uh, is, that's us. You know? Or you can punch it in on any type of search engine and it, we just may pop up. You know, I, Right. It'll surprise everybody. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for yeah. attending in. And uh, have a great weekend. Uh, be safe and be warm if you're into that. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all next Thursday. Have a good weekend. See you next Thursday. Thanks for listening. And uh, have a yeah. safe week. Yes, thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine oh, with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly. We forgot. Hmm? Well, I tried to pause it and thing went and paused for me. Uh, we forgot to mention of all the places you can do it. Flightline Radio. You can listen to that Saturday. Oh. We're on again news noon there. And right before that, Mike is on for a couple of hours uh, taking your request and his normal witty comments and stuff will be there. So uh, Saturday, okay. flightlineradio.com. Thank you. Thank you. Um, appreciate that little shout out there. Um, are we still? Oh, we're still on the uh, Fog Talk Radio. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well, I tried to here. pause this, and instead I started it over again. So I think maybe it's over now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not. The video. The video. Right? No. I yeah. I started it again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the uh, oh, well. the one that I'm playing is is on this end. <laughs> oh, is it? No. Oh. No wonder I couldn't stop it. Uh, okay. I heard I heard it going, and I go. I hit play twice. What? what no, I, I did. I was. I hit it, to stop it, it, and I started to play it instead. Yeah. I want to mention Flightline Radio, though. We mentioned all the venues that all about wines on, but we didn't mention Flightline Radio. So, but Saturday we're on that every Saturday. So if you can't listen to us live, you can always listen to us Saturday at noon. So yeah. after you listen to Mike from Tintinet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I gotta go to the green room. We'll go to the green room. We'll see if I can find it. No. Is it down the hall? I think it's down the hall. Down the hall. Down the hall and to the right. Yeah. To the right. Well, oh, to the right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go down there. All right. Yeah. Me too. <laughs>